Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. Hey, grab a chair, have a seat around the table. We are a community talking about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. Hey, we don't claim to be experts. We're just walking this journey with you, and we're trying to become our best selves. I am Scott Edge, and around the table here with me, we have... Big Joe. Jimbo. All right. And uh, this week, uh, we wanted to talk or uh, start the start here, I guess, talking about the Facebook group that we have going on. Uh, we want to get that out to you and let you know a little bit more about it, what our goals are with it. And uh, Big Joe, he's been the one that's kind of been uh, leading that charge. So um, Big Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? The Facebook group that we created, which a lot of you guys are members of already and trying to get new people on there, it's called This Is Not A Meeting in parentheses, says recovery, sobriety, and everyday life. And our goal with it, uh, we want to try to get discussions going um, about the podcast or about everyday life or w- what you're struggling with or what what I think I'm going to do with it uh, from here on out is I'm going to try to maybe two to three times a week or one of us is going to throw a question out there or a statement or something that we can all talk about and we'll get together and see what we come up with. And the best part about it, if we get a good conversation going on there, we will then translate that right over to a podcast where we can then discuss what we shared on the Facebook page. Basically, everything going full circle that way where it'll be a constant communication between the feed when we're not on air as well as the podcast, what you hear weekly. So I think it'll be a perfect mix if we can all dive in there together because we can get a lot more, not the word help, but a lot more support if you are struggling with something. Throw it out there on that page because one of us may have the answer or a complete stranger might have a tip to get through something that you may be struggling with. That's the biggest thing we're looking to do here is support system. I mean... Right. And and the um it's our pledge and our, our uh aim to not put your name on the air if if it's something that you don't want to happen. So we're actually gonna default to not using names. And uh, you can opt out of that if you're like, hey, I really want to hear my name mentioned. Because <laughs> <laughs> some people do. <laughs> yeah. Um but if you do have one of those like awkwardly spelled names that that you know that people typically mispronounce your name give us a hand you know don't don't, uh don't make us fumble all over it and then uh and feel like we're screwing up your name in a big way i'm so bad with names but uh but yeah so i think that that is going to be a great outlet a great a great tie-in for everybody to kind of get together uh in that medium and actually lean on each other in, in a way, as well as deal with some of the stuff that we're that we're going to be tossing out, because some of it's going to be fun little surveys, you know, little questions, you know, hey, what was, you know, what was your first car? I don't know, you know, yeah. I mean, stuff stuff that might seem like it's uh, trivial, but at the same time starts starts up conversations because mine was an eighty one Grand Prix, and maybe yours was too. I don't know if that was your first <laughs> car or not, but uh, I was born in nineteen seventy nine, so probably not. Yeah, well, I didn't buy it new, Jagoff. Oh, right. <laughs> Mine was an 85 F-250. <laughs> it was very old, and they called it the Dalmatian whenever I got it because it had primer spots everywhere. They called so it, I might throw that out there tomorrow. What was your first car? There you <laughs> what go. What did you like about it? What? I liked that it blew smoke the whole way down the street. 
<laughs> Something else that I saw on Facebook, and and I I really do apologize. I wish I had the uh, the article in front of me, but uh, you know how you read something and then and then you end up leaving it and you go crap, I can't find it again. It's an article that talked about the 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 kind of the origin of addiction in people's lives, and long story short. It basically said that if you have community in your life, you are less likely to find yourself an addict. But if you if you are more isolated in life, you have a higher tendency of be, of becoming an addict. And when I read this article, I thought, you know what, you know, I'm not sure where this factors in for me on the bullshit range, you know, on on the meter, you know, because. It's, I don't know. I mean, well, I you've think, got you've got a lot of people that. I think that the live. end result is you end up eventually isolating yourself, but I don't think the isolation at first drives you into the addiction. Uh, yeah, because I always, until the very very end, was drinking publicly at the bars with people with quote unquote people that I thought were my friends. Meanwhile. They just happened to be at the bar when I was there. <laughs> so I guess... You mean the people you haven't heard from in nine years? Yeah, exactly. That or bridges that I hadn't burned yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and maybe that's a piece of it too, though, is you think you're in community. You're actually living isolated because that's not true community. That's not a, that's not a real community that you're in at that point. You're in... You're, you know, everybody's got masks on. You've, Norm! You know, yeah, right. <laughs> Except that, that's more of a community at that point. You know, I mean, that Cheers was, a, was an incredible It started out that community. way, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that I, I know a lot of people that live more isolated lives than they do, than they do you know, externally focused in, in large group lives. But I'm not sure that I would put them into the case of, of addict risk. You know, it's just, it's not their style, but neither is a whole lot of community, but I'm not sure where that line gets drawn for that stuff. But does that, does that register for you guys at all on, on the whole idea of, of where community plays into it, into the addiction, not necessarily into the addiction healing, because obviously community brings addiction healing. You definitely need to have that to get well, correct. But Uh, how much of it plays into whether or not you, you actually go down that road? We all drink with our friends and family. We all party with friends and family at the beginning. You know what I mean? I remember having that first beer with the old man at the golf course. That was like the rite of passage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was the thing. There was no intentions to fast forward 14 years later where I have to go to three to five meetings a week to keep my sobriety. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't the intention. So I don't know exactly. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that where there's community in everything we do. It just, I know towards the end, like you were saying, I thought I was part of that community, but meanwhile, I was living on an island with maybe seven bars in my little small town. I was barred from five of them. I wasn't allowed in that community, so <laughs> I, I went to the other two. No, no pun intended yeah, when you're barred from a bar. Yeah, not fun times. I've gotten barred from the same one twice. <laughs> Does that mean you're allowed to go in or you're, you're not allowed to go? I'm Triple allowed, negative. I'm allowed back in for my third time. Now I'm just not allowed to drink there. <laughs> so I was totally okay with it. <laughs> So speaking of community, community plays plays such a role in all of our lives, and some community we find ourselves keeping in touch with regularly. Other community, I know I've got friends that I have gone years without talking to, and as soon as I talk to them, it's like we never we never missed a beat. Now that's not 
an ideal type of relationship. You know, I mean, I I enjoy my friends way too much, and and even the ones that I, that went that far for me at this point, I'm I'm making more strides to make sure that I'm intentional about keeping in touch with. We get we get caught up in the flow and the rhythm of of our lives, and it's easy to to lose track of some folks. Not that we don't care about them. Not that they aren't. Um, in our hearts and in our souls in, in a very solid way, but just in a physical way, we think about them more than we commute, communicate with them. So Jimbo, within the last couple of weeks, you've actually had a situation like that come up, right? Yeah. Um, good friend of mine, uh, her and her husband, we met down in St. Thomas when I was living there. So that was back 2006, all through 07, 08. Uh, Jason and Sheree Allen and just like you said, life took its turn, life on life's terms, where they went one direction, I went the other. I moved back to Pittsburgh. They continued to travel around the world a little bit, and then they set up roots in the Midwest and started a family, and I was getting ready to go to my normal uh, home group on Thursday nights, and I got a text message from my mom saying, did you read the Facebook news about Sheree? And it was super vague, obviously. As soon as I got that text, I jump on Facebook to see what's going on. And I see that there's a GoFundMe page for her. And right away, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And reading it over immediately, like it felt like I got hit in the face with a Louisville slugger. And it was just staggering. But she's 33 years old. She's got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Like I mentioned, her husband, Jason, I was the best man in his wedding down in St. Thomas. So we had this tight relationship. And then I'm reading, because we hadn't communicated recently, on April 11th, she was diagnosed with AML, which is acute myeloid leukemia. Mm -hmm. It's a very rare and aggressive form of bone marrow and blood cancer. And to hear that, immediate reaction right away is like, what are those children going to do? What's Jason going to do? He's basically the third baby in the family. He's just like another kid for her. He's unbelievable with the kids, but just the sense of just unbelievable grief for what she's going through. And then selfishly, I start questioning myself, where have I been in their life since we parted ways now close to nine years later, where we talk via Instagram or Facebook occasionally, maybe once or twice a year. And again, like I said, it happened a half an hour before I was leaving for my meeting. So that night I go into the meeting and there were a couple meetings in the area canceled. So our attendance was a lot larger than usual. And I go in there and someone chairing the meeting says, anybody have a topic? And I, <laughs> before he could even finish that sentence, I said, I got something. And I just <laughs> <laughs> threw this entire situation out on this unsuspecting group of alcoholics telling them how I'm struggling to figure this all out and processing it. Two weeks later, I still have a lot of these same questions. There's always a time and place to bring things up. I know now in hindsight, throwing that out on the group may not have been the best practice, but... <laughs> The hard part for me, I just couldn't comprehend maybe what had I done, if could I have done something different, all that whole control thing again. Mm. If I could have talked to her every single day, this still could have happened, obviously. But what I finally did, I decompressed her, and I mean, I walked away, had a nice conversation with my sponsor, and I sent her a text message just out of the blue. I knew she had so much on her plate, I didn't think I'd get a response back. Within 15 minutes, she responded back, and we've been now talking via text message mm. every day. One of Sheree and I's big connecting points is we both love Paul Simon. So now every morning when I get up, the first thing I do is I send her a YouTube clip of another Paul Simon song. So now we're nine, 10 days strong where every single day she's getting a video clip from me knowing I'm thinking about her. And she responds back like 
she recently got a lumbar and a spinal tap to see if it had already spread. Hmm. And she was listening to the one song I sent her and she thanked me for the music. And it's just like, well, even if it's something little like that, I feel like I'm actually being a good friend again, even though before she didn't reach out and I didn't reach out, but it's shitty that sometimes a crazy tragic event like this has to bring us back together closer. Right. And I know she's strong as hell and she's going to beat this. So that's where my confidence lies right now. The good news is about that test that she took so far, it hasn't spread. She started full-blown intensive chemo. She may be in the hospital for several months because after the chemo, they're going to try to do stem cell transplant as well. And it's very tricky and a delicate procedure, but it's amazing how the internet and all these social media pages work to go fund me's. They're trying to raise a ton of money for her and her family because obviously she had to stop working because of this. But through a friend of a friend, just yesterday I discovered that uh, somebody made a donation and reached out to Sheree. She had the same illness seven years ago and beat it. Wow. So to Sheree, to find somebody like that and to know that it can be beaten out there, that's just huge. That's oh, awesome. yeah. So, that, that kind of hope is, uh, is in, is, plays such a huge part. Right. And, and I talked to her husband again. Like I said, I was the best man in his wedding, and we basically all but stopped talking. And it's just like... Weird how again, and I was as I was texting him, I kept saying, "I'm sorry that a shitty situation like this had to bring us back in touch. Let's not let's part ways again." And it was agreed upon, like, "Let's do a better job of being friends." You know what I mean? And it's right. unfortunately sometimes you have to be sucker punched in the gut to get into those type of situations. So it's what I'm doing, and it's like I said, I still have so many questions. Like, why? The question of why just constantly keeps playing in my somebody she and you hear it all the time and it sounds so cliche and it's so ridiculous but she is the sweetest kindest person i've ever met hmm. do anything for me those last couple of months i was on the island trying to figure out my life they let me crash on their couch and it was a small little one-bedroom apartment and if anybody knows me i'm a notorious snorer <laughs> so i'm sure i kept them up for hours i can only imagine how miserable their life must have been there on their couch but that's the kind of people they were. They opened up their home for me, and I, and then they're just great people all the way yeah. around. So, what's what is the link to to their fundraiser that you that you mentioned? Just because uh, if if anybody is listening and wants to try and chime in and help out, yeah. Well, if you go to GoFundMe.com, you can search for her. Her first name is spelled S H A R A E, and then the last name is Allen A L L E N. We'll have it up on the Facebook page, and we'll also put it out on our webpage. Uh, this is not a meeting.com, so you guys can find the link there. It gives you the story. It shows a couple photos of her and her children, which are gut-wrenching. But like I said, she's in great spirits. She's got an awesome, awesome support cast. And we're all going to fight like hell, and hopefully she does the same. And there's a couple hashtags floating around. Hashtag Sheree Strong and fight like hell. So... We're going to see and hope that she definitely gets the other side of this for sure. When you do get a phone call like that, I mean, how many different emotions do you think you went through in a matter of under 60 seconds? There, I mean, there was anger and then there was sorrow and three, four, five different emotions, you know, sadness and that you went through, uh, build up the resentment, you know, and all in that short of a time period how do you deal with that i mean you were walking in the door of a meeting you know yeah that was the one lucky saving grace that i did have that meeting to go to to get that off my chest if i had to sit around with that for a couple days I mean, i'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason that got <laughs> dropped on you walking into a meeting for a reason <laughs> uh, i'm sorry that's how i live my life i don't think there's coincidences uh sorry zach um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, hey, timing is huge. <laughs> it you know, is. I mean, time, and... Timing plays such a huge part in, in any aspect of our lives. And, But if you weren't walking into a meeting, you pick up the phone, who do you have to call? You know what I mean? Do you call your mom in that situation? Do you... I mean, we have sponsors that we call, or we're supposed to call. Luckily, <laughs> yours walked in the door, too. Um, I'm actually getting better at actually speaking to my sponsor on a regular basis, and it's pretty game-changing. I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I never talk to mine. <laughs> Except at meetings, yeah. Yeah, at meetings. I see them every week. I mean, even, I, Scott, I call you out of the blue when I'm having a bad day. We talk a good bit throughout the week. You mm-hmm. know when I'm... I'm not right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so when you have that connection with somebody else, um, it's great to have because they can, I call it reading you like a book. I mean, we're not even face to face. He can tell by the tone of my voice. What was it? The last week or the week before you're like, Hey, what's up, man? Something's wrong. Right. <laughs> and then I just, the floodgates open. I was waiting <laughs> for that question. <laughs> and I mean, right. like the exact same thing that you did in a meeting. So, I mean, to get that off of your chest is key. I mean, you got to lift the burden off of yourself. You know what I mean? You got to get it out there, see how other people deal with it. And you, you that's something you don't want to bottle up. That's the funny thing. Obviously, it's good to get it out there and throw it out. And I threw it out to all those strangers at that meeting. And then I was so emotional and bent out of shape that I walked to the bathroom. I was just like... Very rarely, as you know, I'm the emotional one on the show, very in touch with my feelings and unicorns and everything else. Puppies. Puppies, yeah. <laughs> so I had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> doesn't leave the puppies out. <laughs> I'm crying in public. I'm like, this is see, hitting like- me in a place that I had not been in so long. And I don't want to say all my sobriety because I've been through a lot of stuff in my sobriety, but it had been a good handful of years hmm. getting that kind of tragic news. Like through sobriety, though, other major events that I've gone through with the belief in the higher power and leaning on the rooms for support, I've gotten through them. Like my father going through cancer a couple of different times, he's beaten it. So like different forms. So I know things can, it's just, I don't know. It was the whole connection where I felt like I, not that I could have done more. And then that's the thing. I even now saying it out loud, it's, and it was brought to my attention. Like there's something underlying that it gnawing at you as hard as it is. And I just feel that it's, I'm more pissed at myself that I didn't keep because it was such a great friendship that I kind of let it slip away. Mm. But again, they got two children under the age of six. They're in the middle of the country. I'm on this side of the country. They bounced all over the place. Life basically separated us a little bit. But like you said, they're always in your heart. They're always in your mind. And sometimes it does take an event like this, unfortunately, to bring it full circle. I mean, I've seen quotes on Facebook about this too, but as soon as you talk, to that person, you know it's a true friendship when you never miss the beat. You know what I mean? I mean, there's kids and or friends that I have from high school that when I talk to, it's like we never miss the beat, right? You know, and right. you just have that with some people, and it sucks that you don't talk to them all the time. But when you do talk to them, it feels like yesterday when you talk to them. That's how good the relationship is, you right. know? Right. And I think you got to keep that in the back of your head all mm-hmm. the time too, like that. Just because you don't talk doesn't mean you aren't friends, you know? I well, and, the, and the roots run deep, you know? I mean, that's the, the deeper the roots run, the, the more that the branches have the ability to, to have space between them, you know? And, uh, and so, I mean, to be fair, it was, it was, it's been a few months for you. You know, it hasn't been like a decade, you know, right. where, where now you've got to 
be like reestablish everything. Uh, right? Yeah, like uh, <laughs> so. What's your kid's name? You know. <laughs> but uh, well, Facebook keeps that touch. Social media. Yeah, I mean that- that's that's certainly a light touch. You know, <laughs> I mean it's not a. It, it there's nothing that 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 truly trumps what can happen in, when you're just physically present. You right. know, I mean the um, there's something about our presence that that is uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know that I want to call it spiritual, but but there is something about our presence that that is so much different than than a phone call or than a than well, you a talked about that tweet. whenever you were going through your struggles oh yeah yeah no, i mean that that's your huge health issues. The, yeah. the people that called you on the phone compared to the people that showed up at your house i mean there's a there's a difference they're both awesome yeah right neither we one's agree bad that, no they're both yeah. awesome it, yeah. it's just the like you said the human presence you got that feeling yeah you know? yeah i mean there is there's just there's something different about about our our presence and and there i think there is a theology about that there's there is a theological perspective of presence and that's when, the, when we're with other people right now she's in the boat where she can't have any visitors right now so that's mm-hmm. where like addresses have been given out so people can send her mail to any way shape or form right. to get that presence that you're speaking of because right. it is tough i she, it's unbelievable how honest and open she's being about this and talking about her fears and obviously how scary it is and trying to marry not upbeat and positive. She had a post the other day that just floored me. It was like five o'clock in the morning and she woke up and to kill some time before her first treatment, she just was walking around this empty hospital. And it finally, she just broke down in front of this window, just thinking about her kids and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. it just like the realness of all that. And it's just like, you just can't even comprehend that another human being such as yourself, somebody that you BS'd and played games with and bored and all those things like is going through something that magnitude. Like I couldn't imagine they're always like, Oh, walk a mile in their shoes. Like I couldn't imagine having the strength to do what she's doing. Mm. And that's, what's so incredible how these situations and she's going through it and she's fighting like hell, like we say, but I always say like, Oh, if I was in there, I don't know if I could do it. And this is one of those situations. Like how is she doing what she's doing? There's gotta be something and she has a strong connection with, like I said, the support system, a higher power. All those things seem to be helping in this situation for her because even with those small breakdowns, she knows the bigger end game is to get well for her children. And it's just so hard to like comprehend that she even has to go through this fight. And that's where I keep coming back to over and over again, selfishly. Why does it have to be her? Why can't it be somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> I could say, well, it's just like this boohoo attitude. And it's just like... right. I just got to get on board. Can you make it any more about yourself there, Jim? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my friend get that? It's not fair. <laughs> Why do I have to deal with my friend being sick? It's not fair. <laughs> but it but and I'm not trying to to poke fun at you, but but I think sometimes we we go to those places where tragedy occurred and we find somehow some way of of making it about us because we're 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 still living that first ex, that firsthand experience, you know. And so on some levels, there is something that's brand new that's happening to us that we have to deal with that a challenge that we, now is our challenge on the same level as as our friend's challenge or as our family member's challenge who's actually dealing with the issue. No, you know it's not. But they're they're dealing with a much deeper issue. But it doesn't deny the fact that you still have to get over something. That you've got to you've got to heal 
based on this new this new wound that you had too, even though it's not as deep of a cut as what they as what they took. And so you've got to get beyond yourself. You've got to get you've got to get past that moment and and learn to heal quickly because that other person's going to need you and they got they need to rely on you and you need to be able to be there to to try and help and support them in whatever way they can that you can like sending a Phil Collins text every morning oh, Paul Simon Phil Jesus. Collins Phil Collins <laughs> we're I'm friends so we're not enemies <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at that. You know, that's He's uh, only go for that drum solo. You know, song. That, other than that, I can't. Yeah. Think of that. We can't dance. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Watch tomorrow. You're gonna send some Phil Collins over. <laughs> we are no longer friends, Jim. Don't send any other checks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Joe's fault. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So we we do it and and. You know, you can send the text, and and what's beautiful, and I mean, I don't, this is a FaceTime perspective, but I mean, an Apple perspective, I should say, but but to do FaceTime or to do Skype or, you know, that the technology can put you face to face, and and it's an awesome thing to be able to get face to face with somebody and to be able to see their eyes when you talk to them, be able to hear their voice at the same time that you're seeing their facial expressions. That's it's it's not the same as being there, but my God, is it a good very cool thing to be able to offer that kind of support and and to know that you're being supported when tragedy hits the we we really only dealt with it from as an outsider i mean maybe at some point uh uh we we take this topic up as when it happens to to you you know when when tragedy has happened to you how do you now deal with that but jimbo i i i really do appreciate uh you yeah, sharing that because I think there's a lot of people who are who are going through those moments where they're hearing that type of news and they're they're wondering, okay, now how do I reconnect with somebody and and how do I get back into their life? Maybe they weren't in good relationship with these people because of their addictions and because of because they hadn't been able to get into recovery and sobriety yet. But this is a relationship that has meant a lot to them that has been screwed up for a long time, but they've now heard the news. And how do you now go back and say, hey, I don't know if you're pissed at me still or not, but how can I be here for you? And that's where I know this is not a meeting, obviously, but Joey and I get to learn about how to make those formal amends to the people that we may have wronged in our past. And now, it, let me let me just stop you, though. Is that the moment to no, make an amend? No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Cause the big, <laughs> oh, hell no. Because the big caveat to that step. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, the big caveat to that step is unless it's going to cause harm to them or yourself. So you have to tread that pond very carefully. But I'm saying, like, if this news would have hit me six months into my sobriety, I would have had to have relied on the rooms a lot more than what I've done right now. And... I know in new sobriety, it's difficult to handle tragic news like this. So when you ask, like, how do you get through it? The only thing I can suggest is to hit as many meetings as possible, mm -hmm. to ask anybody in the rooms, hey, have you ever gone through this? And it always gets joked about, but no matter what you bring up in a room, somebody in that meeting has done or experienced something like that. And that's where relying so heavily on the rooms to me is so important and finding those good meetings to go to because... Joey and I's home group, for example, has people ranging in age from early 20s all the way up into their 70s, and they all have something that they can provide to me. And even if you don't hear it in that meeting, that's the greatest part where I live. There's another meeting starting every hour on the hour. So I kept, if I knew, and I'm early in sobriety and I'm struggling finding what I need, 
and it gets back to that initial point of ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you don't know how to handle a situation. Go to your support system. Exactly. Lean heavy on it until you get the answers you need. I have my support system with the meetings, but I also have support systems with people outside of the meeting. It, it can be... I have a number of different avenues that I can take for different situations. That I, I didn't have that during my active use. I developed those over the... It took years to develop the avenues that I took when I got tragedy news or stuff that I couldn't deal with or I needed to bounce it off somebody else. That takes time to build. Uh, people who you can rely on to drop that on. And even if, I mean, you drop, you say you drop that to a bunch of strangers. Those people really aren't strangers. Right. I mean, hell, you've been seeing them people for the last five years every week. <laughs> Well, the meetings were in the area that came in because they were canceled because of the stuff in the area. So there were a lot of more people in there that had never seen my face. But yes, the home group members definitely know who 75 I am. 75% of the people in that room, you knew. <laughs> but um, or you probably you might not have felt comfortable dropping that. I mean, it's the relationships that you have with other, with your support system that allows you to be able to empty that off of your chest. Right. Well, and it's a ability to trust. Right. I mean, because whether if you've been in that group one day or if you've been in there for five years, if you don't trust that group, you're not going to open yourself up to be vulnerable. But trust comes with risk. Right. I mean, vulnerability comes with risk. And so you have to risk to open up to take that step and to be able to share that stuff and and believe sometimes in the in something that you have not experienced yet. Sometimes you've experienced it for a long time and you can, and it's easier to trust. But there are times where I've never shared something this deep and do I really trust this room? I've got to take the plunge because that's, that's the only thing I know to be best right now. And Joey and I know firsthand experience seeing a lot of newcomers come in. A lot of them will just introduce themselves and pass, introduce and pass. And you'll see occasionally somebody will take that plunge that you're talking about and tell the the whole room for the first time why they're there, what they're struggling with, trying to figure out life, basically, and all these things. And it's just like, every time you hear it, it's a little startling, like, well, they didn't just pass, did they? They just <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, whoa, okay. And then after the meeting, we go and talk to those people. And like a lot of those people that just pass and pass and pass, or they're there for court order or whatever the reason may be, a couple weeks down the road, even sometimes shorter, you never see them again. But those mm. people that put themselves out there those are the people that are so desperate that they're willing to throw it out there. They need those answers because it's like I say all the time when I share in the meetings, it was death or the rooms. And thankfully I was at such a bottom that I had to be that person that took that plunge. And I was like the first honest attempt at asking for help and everything has done the big U-turn ever since then, obviously. We are going to have that website uh, or that link put up on the show notes um, but for those who, who are at a place right now where they just, they're at a keyboard or they, they can just kind of scratch it down, can you just give us that place there for Sheree? GoFundMe.com forward slash help dash Sheree, S-H-A-R-A-E dash fight dash the dash fight. If you have any kind words for Sheree and her family, definitely put them on our group page. I'll make sure that she gets to see them. She's a listener of the podcast, so she is aware that we were talking about this today. I got her blessings, so if you want anything passed on to her, by all means, throw it up on our page, and I'll make sure that she gets the encouraging words, guys. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll be putting the link on our group page, which is, this is not a meeting, parentheses, recovery, sobriety, 
everyday life. Yeah, and we started up a hashtag as well. It's hashtag T-I-N-A-M. This is not a meeting, just the first letter of each one. And, uh, and you can go ahead and throw that at the tail end, and we'll be able to search, sort, uh, sort through those really easy. Perfect. Look at us getting all techie over here. Huh? We're growing up on this show. Hey. Growing up. A couple questions for you guys to think about that I'm probably going to drop on the, that I am going to drop on the group page. This is not a meeting. Recovery, sobriety, and everyday life is, what do you do in tragedy when you get that tragic news? What We want to know what you do. Um, how did you deal with it? And a fun one, I want to know what you drove. What was your first car that you got? And I'll throw that out there as well for everybody. I never answered at the beginning. I had a 1992 Mitsubishi Sigma, I think it was. It was a nice little sports a sedan. Sigma? A Sigma? Do you ever see a Sigma? Oh, they were yeah, nice. that's a that's a not one that I'm picturing in my head right off the no, bat. It was pretty sharp. I'm I'll a show tow guy. I don't. I'm not picturing it. I'll, be an idiot. <laughs> I'll show you. It was sharp. <laughs> Didn't have it for very long, but apparently, well, neither did Mitsubishi. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, Big Joe, what was your first car? It was a 1985 F250 that my dad was building before he died. Oh, nice. Yep. That and a Caprice Classic. I took my driving test in a Caprice, but I drove the Ford down the... I was going to say, you always have two answers for what is the top. (laughs) If we're looking for a number one anything, he always has two (laughs) answers. That was a question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, this this podcast has been presented to you... uh, by the kind folks at FTBA, Simplifying Electrical Maintenance, as well as Big Joe's Towing. And uh, we uh, deeply appreciate their their kindness and generosity to allow us to do this here for you. So on our way out, we are going to remind you that we have a website. Uh, this is not meeting.com. We have um, the group page, which I hope that you're going to be able to get to. And uh, all of that you can link to from the website. And uh, download this podcast on any of the, your favorite podcast players. Uh, Apple Podcasts uh, is is kind of getting a push right now. Look for that as well. Just Apple Podcasts, and you can look for This Is Not a Meeting on it. I want to tell everybody, I got a message from a kid I went to high school with uh, this week. This is not recorded live. You can listen to this any time of the day from anywhere in the world. <laughs> just threw that kid right under the bus. <laughs> he is so under the bus. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, download, subscribe, share, please. And uh, we will talk with you later. Love ya.